All right, well, welcome to the Packer podcast. Um, well, we have a lot to discuss after uh, yesterday's game, really. <laughs> a lot to go over. Let me make sure I'm muted on all these various platforms to make sure that uh, the audio isn't uh, echoing or anything. So, welcome to the Packer Podcast, and um, we have a lot to discuss after the 29-29 tie at Lambeau yesterday, Green Bay and Minnesota. Uh, you know, there's a lot to talk about because there's a lot of things that uh, could have gone one way rather than the other. Um, first off, talk about the defense. Uh, a lot of good... I'm hearing an echo. Hold on. What is... I might have something pulled up. Quick sec. Quick sec. I doubt it's that. Whatever. Um, anyway, the, the defense, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson, two fantastic rookies. Uh, they've just played tremendous in their first few games in Green Bay. But the defense was completely gassed in the fourth quarter. You saw that. They gave up 22 points to uh, Kirk Cousins and co. Um, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs just always, always dominate the Packers. Um, in a very improved secondary that Green Bay has, even so, they give up 259 receiving yards to those two guys and three touchdowns. So that's just um, it's unfortunate. I mean, the whole, the whole Clay Matthews call. We're gonna, I'm gonna break down that play momentarily. Uh, I'm gonna put it up on the screen. But um, if you're uh, listening on Facebook Live, that is, you'll see that. Uh, but that entire situation is just stupid for Green Bay because it's. You could say that the penalty, or you could say that the uh, the rule change for that. <coughs> excuse me, you could say the rule change for that was because of Aaron Rodgers, and uh, what happened in Minnesota last season, but. Tony Corrente, the referee, uh, the head referee at the game yesterday at Lambeau, he said the reason they called that on Clay Matthews was because he apparently lifted Kirk Cousins off the ground and drove him into the ground, which is false because if you watch the video on the throw, you can see that Cousins leaves his feet by himself. Matthews didn't do that. And also in the video, you can see Clay Matthews put his arm or his hand out on the ground to avoid landing all of his body weight on Cousins. So that's two checks where Matthews prevented those things, and neither of those things happened. So I guess the only excuse you can make for the refs here is that in real time, it may have looked worse than it actually was if you slow it down. And the only solution for that is either practice the call and maybe focus more on it, or the real solution should be that those those plays should be reviewable and they should be able to break those down uh, by the by the rule. And um, that's not the reason that Green Bay didn't win the game. That would have ended the game, but that's not the only reason. There's other reasons to that. And um, the referees were bad on both sides. There was a penalty on uh, Michael Kendricks, the uh, Minnesota linebacker, that was uh, when he landed on Rodgers. He didn't put his full body weight on him, so that's not a flag either. But I feel like even though the rule doesn't state that if they land on them at all, it'll be a flag, that it's supposed to be full body weight, 
I feel like they're calling it in any situation where uh, they may land on on the quarterback. If you land on the quarterback at all in the slightest way, they've proven that they, they're going to call that. So I don't know what defenders are supposed to do, to be honest. I understand the whole protecting the quarterback uh, portion of it. But I think the way that they've handled calling these plays has just been awful the first two weeks. And uh, yesterday's game was a big reason for that. Um, anyway, moving forward, we'll go over the Clay Matthews play momentarily. we got about 25 minutes left here on the Packer podcast. And, um, you know, it, it was a tough game, but i got to say that a, a loss or a tie is uh, better than a loss, but still doesn't feel that way if you listen to the Packers players in the locker room and Rodgers and McCarthy's press conferences uh, after the game. You would be able to tell that uh, they weren't exactly excited about uh, that one. They're uh, at least not winning the game, which they felt they should have. And I could say that I agree because you go out and you're up, what, uh, 20 to 7 on a division rival. And probably, if I'm being honest, the Vikings are easily the best team in the division um, in terms of all around talent. And uh, Green Bay, you know. Came into the game. You got a banged up Aaron Rodgers. You have um, a defense last week that was great in the second half. And then a defense that played yesterday that was great for the first three quarters. But um, obviously Kirk Cousins outplayed Aaron Rodgers. You'll obviously get those opportunities, though, whenever you throw 48 passes. You know, obviously uh, you have Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, two of the best receivers in the North. Um, just to have killed the Packers every time, like I mentioned earlier. 259 yards and three touchdowns between those two guys. They each had 13 targets. Um, what are you going to do about that? I mean, they just have killed the Packers every time. They did the same exact thing yesterday. But uh, the running game for Minnesota was pretty much non-existent. Tw- 68 yards total coming from uh, Latavius Murray and Dalvin Cook as well as a couple uh, rushing yards for C.J. Ham and Kirk Cousins. Um, Green Bay's running game was better, but it's going to get better with uh, Aaron Jones coming back next week against the Redskins. Um, the next four games for the Packers should be pretty relatively easy compared to the first two weeks because you have the Redskins, who lost to the Colts at home yesterday. You have the um, who do they play? Uh, the Bills who have just been lit up the first two weeks. They lost 47-3 to the Ravens in week one. Then they get live. I don't remember the score yesterday. Uh, I guess the Chargers, but they lost that game. Then you have um, the 49ers, I believe. And then the Lions, or I think it's Lions, then 49ers. But, um, you know, like I said, those games really shouldn't be uh, too difficult for the Packers. Um at all, really. I mean, maybe a couple ups and downs with the Niners. That could be a little, probably the harder contest out of the four. Uh, but I wouldn't be too worried about it if I'm Green Bay. You just got to make sure that Rodgers doesn't um, take a downward turn in terms of his injury. Uh, yesterday, he looked pretty good. He made some plays that I didn't think he'd be able to make with uh, the injury. But... Um, he had a good game. I mean, 30 of 42, 281 yards, only one touchdown, no picks. He was sacked four times. Green Bay only got to Cousins twice, which is unfortunate, but um, it happens. 
Rodgers rating was 97.4. That's uh, not too bad at all. Uh, the receivers, Jimmy Graham finally got some targets. Eight targets, six catches, 95 yards for him. Devontae Adams was 64 yards and a touchdown. Geronimo Allison has just made plays. I mean, you saw early in the first quarter, he had the um, punt return or punt block, rather, that was caught by rookie Josh Jackson, who's also impressive, by the way. He scored on that. Allison has just been making play after play. Last week against the Bears, he was great. So he's definitely become a solidified uh, number three guy in Green Bay, and that's a really good sign for Aaron Rodgers and co. Um, defensively speaking, I mean, I got to tell you, these rookie secondary players, Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson, are very, very good. I mean, you could make the case that they're two of the best rookie secondary players in the league right now in terms of rookies, other than what we've seen from Denzel Ward in Cleveland, who had a fantastic week one. But um, Kevin King went down at halftime with a groin injury. He didn't come back. And here's where we talk about Devon House, because Devon House just got worked yesterday by Stephon Diggs. That was probably one of the biggest mismatches you'll see all season for the Packers. And I don't think Devon House is even worthy of being on this um, this roster to this point. I think that whenever Josh Jones comes back next week, the safety out of uh, NC State last year that they drafted in the second round, I think when he comes back and I think when Kevin King is healthy, I think you just cut ties with House. He's just been awful these last couple seasons in Green Bay uh, since coming back there. And um, he just hasn't looked good. And I think that they have enough depth to where they can let him go. And I also think that Clay Matthews hasn't been consistent. He had a better week two than week one, but he hasn't been consistent enough uh, to be playing as much as maybe he should be. But um, I also don't get why Kyler Fackrell, the linebacker out of Wisconsin the last couple of years he's been on the team, I don't get why he's playing as much as he is. He should not be playing more snaps than Reggie Gilbert. That's just... Reggie Gilbert had one tackle and a half sack and less snaps played than Fackrell, who had one tackle. Reggie Gilbert's just more of an impact player. And also, Mike Daniels didn't do much yesterday, but that's understanding, I guess. Um, Jair Alexander, eight tackles and a half sack. Blake Martinez, nine tackles. Kentrell Bryce struggled a little bit at times yesterday, but he still, um, <coughs> excuse me, he still made the plays that you would expect him to make. And um, I think that what we are seeing from the Packer defense is miles ahead of the last couple years in terms of coverage. They haven't been able to cover receivers for multiple quarters in a row like that in a while. It's been a while. Like I said, they were gassed in the fourth quarter and they completely broke down in the fourth quarter. But at the same time, they also had a great first three quarters. And I don't think... They're going to face a better receiver combo than Thielen and Diggs with a quarterback that can throw to them for a while because you have the next four weeks, like I mentioned, you have Alex Smith, who has Jamison Crowder, and who else exactly? Then you have uh, Josh Allen or Nathan Peterman, and that's it. They don't have any receivers there. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin has been non-existent so far uh, for the most part in Buffalo. Uh, then you have the Lions, you have Stafford, Galladay, uh, Jones, and Tate. That's not bad at all, but those guys still aren't better than Diggs and Thielen. Then you have the Niners with Jimmy G, who has a good tight end, and George Kittle, but not much uh, in terms of receivers. So 
it's going to get easier the next four weeks for the secondary, I think, for sure. And the Vikings are easily an all-around all better team than the Packers. That's just a fact. So the fact that Green Bay can tie the game, I know it's at Lambeau, you should win your games at home, but the fact that they can tie it at Lambeau with a banged-up quarterback when your quarterback's almost your entire team to some extent and they can tie them, I would take that if I'm a Packers uh, player. But I understand from a player's point of view, you don't want to tie, you want to win. But I don't know if they think that they're better than, I guess it's okay to think that you're better than another team, but in all reality, I don't think they are. Let's uh, let's look at this here. What do I, I have some pictures here. I don't know what they are, but they're from yesterday's game. I don't even know what that is. Okay. Uh, yeah, how are you going to stop this? You have Ha Clinton Dix right here, and then you have um, Tremont Williams. You're just not going to stop that at all. It's just something that, um, you know, it's hard. Putting Tremont Williams or Devon House on Stefan Diggs is just disgustingly good for Diggs. They can't cover him. I mean, Kevin King did pretty well with him in the first half, and then, like I said, King goes out with a groin injury. But um, what's the next one here? This one. This play was interesting because a, a lot of Packer fans I saw were wondering why Kentrell Bryce didn't uh, make a better play at the ball. And here's why. Okay. So if you watch the play in full speed, number one, this throw was incredibly, incredibly accurate from Kirk Cousins. Number two, if Bryce keeps going full speed at the angle he's going, he might be able to knock the ball down or intercept it, but he is going to absolutely drill Jair Alexander. And it, do you really want your first-round pick, who's been tremendous the first two weeks, to go down? Because it could have ended that way. It could have been a huge collision. If both those guys go down, you're even thinner at corner. I don't know if that's what Bryce was thinking in his head. I doubt it with that quick of a um, with that quick of a play, but. That was just uh, you know one of those plays where number one the throw was incredible. Number two, the um, the actual collision that could have that could have happened if Bryce doesn't avoid Alexander there could have could have been uh, awful for the Packers. So um, moving forward, I think we should uh, probably go ahead and analyze this Clay Matthews play and uh, why I think it's the worst call of the season so far from what I have seen. I'm going to play this clip here. It's just going to keep looping, but I'm going to try to break it down to the best of my ability. Okay, so you see here, Matthews, so you watch the throw. So when it loops back, watch the throw from Cousins. He leaves his feet on the throw. He's basically jumping in the air while he's throwing the ball. And then you watch the end of it. You see Matthews' left arm. He puts it on the ground to avoid making contact and putting all of his body weight on Cousins. See, his left arm goes out at the end there, and it hits him. Um, very, very interesting call here. I don't I don't really understand how you could call this play at all. See the left arm again. Boom. He puts his left arm out to avoid making contact. I don't get what the refs don't understand. There is a referee right there, right there, who can clearly see Clay Matthews put his left arm down to avoid putting all of his body weight. And you should be able to see... Cousins is basically flying in the air, excuse me, when he throws the ball. This is just a terrible, terrible call. I mean, this is, 
<clears throat> I don't think it gets much worse than that, honestly, especially when you have a ref about 10 feet from the play itself. I don't think it's possible for it to get much worse. I really don't. I mean, watch it one more time here. It's just just such a bad call. I mean, it is what it is, though. Green Bay still, you shouldn't base a loss completely off of a penalty. Although, if you were watching the game on that throw, Cousins throws an interception to Alexander. And at that time in the game, that would have been game over. Green Bay could have just ran the clock down and... Um, Started the year 2-0 and with a big win over a division rival. But instead, they start the year 1-0-1. and So, uh, I would say it is what it is. But you got to bounce back and uh, go get it next week. And um, I think if we grade the defense in the first three quarters, easily an A. If you grade them in the fourth quarter, they were awful. But again, like I mentioned, they're gassed. If you listen to what Kenny Clark said in his post-game interview, he said... He's never been more tired playing a football game. And he also said that he isn't going to lie about that. So, you got to take his word for it. They were all gassed. I mean, if you're gassed and you're going in against an offense with um, two premier wideouts and a quarterback who can throw to them, who aren't gassed, it's over. I mean, it's just, they were probably lucky to tie, like I mentioned, because we haven't even talked about the kicking yet. Daniel Carlson, the rookie Vikings kicker, missed. A 35-yarder at the end of uh, the end of overtime, which would have won the game. 35 yards, which would have won the game for the Vikings. Another unfortunate thing for the Packers is Mason Crosby, five of five until his 52-yard field goal miss, where he made it the first try, and then he was iced by Mike Zimmer, who also better coached than McCarthy by a lot. That's another factor, but um, he was iced and then missed. The second one, he said that uh, in his post-game interview, he said that the north field goal, the north side field goal, with the way the wind was moving, it was shifting left to right, so he tried to move it to the left, expecting that the ball would come back right and go in, which it did the first time, but it did not do the second time. So that's kind of just unfortunate, the way that that one panned out. But um, it's just tough for the Packers in uh, in week one or week two. Week one, you're down 20 to nothing to another division rival, the Bears, who play tonight on Monday Night Football. And I think that might end up being a slaughter because Seattle has no offensive line against uh, a very, very good Bears front seven. But um, anywho, uh, you know, that's just tough for Green Bay. You you come back from a 20 nothing deficit in week one, and then you're up by multiple scores on another division rival week two at Lambeau, and you don't win, but... Uh, there's always next week. You're not going to be facing too tough of a team. But um, Matthew Owens, what's up, man? He says, uh, probably not the Packers or Vikings, but man, oh, man, do certain teams need to be calling up Dan Bailey. Absolutely. And I think that uh, he should definitely be on a team by week three, you would think. I mean, you saw the Browns. The Browns could be a fit there. I mean, Dallas in week one missing... Their new guy missing some field goals. This just, I don't know what's going on with kickers. I mean, that's why I kind of understand why teams don't want to roll with a rookie kicker. I mean, you saw uh, Daniel Carlson for the Vikings missing three field goals against the Packers at Lambeau. It's just awful. But, uh, yeah, I don't understand at all in the first place why Dallas let go of Dan Bailey. It makes absolutely um, no sense whatsoever that um, that happened there. 
So, I mean, I missed the Sunday night game. I don't know if any kicking incidents happened then, but uh, definitely 100% with you there. And I think a lot of people are. Dan Bailey needs to be signed. Absolutely. And, um, you know, for Green Bay, though, overall, takeaways from this game. There's three. We'll go with two takeaways on offense and two takeaways on defense. Number one takeaway on offense. The offensive line, for the most part, I know Rodgers was sacked, what was it, four times, I said? Four times for 28 yards. The offensive line overall performed very well. Most of the throws on the plays where he wasn't sacked, he had a lot of time to throw. And there was also times where he could, you know, make a little make a little move to the left, slide out, make a throw. So he was moving uh, fairly well. And uh, number two, running game was good against a very good defense. They had 98 yards. I know it's not an amazing amount of total rushing yards, but against the Vikings, you'll take that. And you know you're only going to get better with Aaron Jones coming back uh, next week because he's easily the most talented runner. <clears throat> Excuse me, the, the most talented runner that the Packers have at running back easily, without a doubt. But um, so number one, sh- in short, number one would be offensive line overall performed um, very well. Number two would be that the running game is only going to get better. I think behind a good offensive line and also behind um, Aaron Jones coming back next week on defense. Number one takeaway. Uh, would be the rookie corners are so good, and it's not really fair. Let me be honest. It's not really fair how good the rookie corners have been so far. That being said, they are rookies, so there will be ups and downs throughout the season uh, for them. But I still think that most weeks we should see a lot of plays being made by Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander. It's kind of hard to come up with a um, a takeaway number two that's not related to the secondary because I want to be different on them. So I'll just say real quick to add a number one, Devon House needs to go. He's terrible. I'm just going to be honest. I said it earlier. You get Jones back, or Josh Jones, and you get Kevin King, make sure he's healthy. Devon House needs to go. He can't cover. It's just something that uh, Green Bay needs to do. So I guess number two would be Clay Matthews played a little better and that call was terrible. Or maybe Muhammad Wilkerson needs to be more active for them. Kenny Clark has been great. Kenny Clark's only sack, if you saw that, um, I watched some of the coaches film earlier on the game just to break down a couple of plays and stuff. But um, Kenny Clark's sack was a great play by Clay Matthews. He pressures, uh, he comes out off the edge on the outside. He pressures uh, the offensive lineman for, it might have been Rivers, I don't know who that was for the Vikings. Pressures him into Cousins, and then Cousins is kind of flustered, which allows Kenny, Kenny Clark to go straight up the middle and take down Cousins there. So that was a great play by Clay Matthews overall there. Uh, Nick Perry needs to be more active. Haha Clinton Dix was pretty good in that one. Uh but yeah, I mean, you look at it here, uh, Clinton Dix had an interception, a couple of fumbles, and I also want to say, real quick, J.K. Scott, the rookie punter for Green Bay, has been absolutely tremendous so far for them. I mean, he had five punts for 259 yards, 
two inside the 20. He also had a 63-yard punt, one touchback, 51.8-yard punting average on five kicks. He's been easily the best punter the Packers have had in, like, the last 10 years so far. Who'd they have? Uh, Jacob Scum? Scum? Whatever his name was, they had uh, Justin Vogel. I think that's uh, the only two that I can remember off the top of my head. But um, that's why you draft fifth-round punters or whatever round he was uh, drafted. That's why you do it. I forgot to say uh, hello to Christian Malley from the WSR stream. What's up, Christian? And, uh, you know, overall, the Packers should roll into their bye week, if all goes well, with at least a 4-1-1 record. If they play their best, or if they play to the best of their ability, they're easily 5-0-1 by that mark. But I don't think they'll win all four games just because of the ups and downs and what could happen in those games. So I think the safe bet is to say that they'll be 4-1-1 rolling into their bye week. And let me tell you, the first two games coming off the bye week for the Packers, it's going to be tough. It's going to be very, very tough because you're facing the Rams and the Patriots in back-to-back weeks on the road. With the Rams, you're facing the best running back in the game right now, Todd Gurley, plus a quarterback who's really starting to settle in in Jared Goff, who has multiple weapons. They aren't even big-name weapons, but Brandon Cooks has been tremendous so far. Robert Woods, uh, Tyler Higby, all those guys in L.A. Then you face the Patriots, Brady versus Rodgers. Again, hoping Rodgers is healthy um, for that game at Gillette Stadium. Um, anyway... Let's see, on schedule we should have four minutes left, but since there's not very many questions to answer, we could probably just cut it off here. Uh, I just wanted to say that either Friday or Saturday, maybe Thursday, I will be doing episode two of the Packers podcast. We're going to break down, really analyze what we could see in week three at Washington and um, go down. We're going to go over the matchups for the Packers on offense in terms of their offensive line matchups, who David Bakhtiari, Brian Bulaga, the tackles, who they could be lined up against, who the matchups will be for Devontae Adams, um, Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison, what we could see from Mercedes Lewis and Jimmy Graham, Lance Kendricks as well, what we could see for the corners, who what receivers they could be lined up with, what offensive linemen could be tough. I know Brandon Scherf, a very good alignment in Washington, what he could see going up against uh, Muhammad Wilkerson or Mike Daniels and all that. So we're going to have a full breakdown of Week three's game uh, preview-wise, either Friday or Saturday, maybe Thursday. Maybe an NF- the NFL podcast overall league might start this week. I don't know uh, what that could entail, but um, that's how that's going to go. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for uh, Episode 1 of the Packers Podcast. Thank you, everybody, who tuned in, even if you didn't put anything in the comments uh thank you for listening but um that's gonna cut it short thank you everybody and we'll see you for episode two later in the week thank you everybody go pack go